0: Welcome to Fearless Mom. We are so excited to get week three of this series started, week three of Lessons Learned, where we've been talking about how every story, everybody say every story, Every story can be used for God's glory. Every story, your your weaknesses, your strengths, your wins, your failures, everything can be used for His glory. And we know that from Scripture. We are assured that in God's economy, nothing is wasted. Everything can be used for His glory and our good, as well as for the good of other people. And so today, we have three of our Titus 2 moms sharing, but before we get there. We want to welcome in our online moms. If you are watching or listening, maybe you're alone, maybe you're with a group, we want to remind you that there's a group of Austin moms cheering you on. We are for you, we are with you, and we are so thrilled that technology has connected us today. Um, Today we're going to have a few moms sharing, our tightest two moms. For our Austin group, after we gather for lecture, we break into small groups. And our small groups are facilitated by our Titus Two moms. Our Titus Two moms are what we call more experienced moms a little bit farther down the road. And one of our values in Fearless Mom is about encouraging by example. And so we empower by example by telling you, not that we've done it all correctly, but this is what we've learned. And this is what we would do if we had it to do all over again. And so today we're talking about, I wish someone would have told me. I wish someone would have told me this when my kids were younger. You know, um, I am about to turn 50, and I am just now learning that I perhaps should have taken care of my skin when I was 20, and so I am now like buying oils and serums. I'm learning all kinds of stuff. Mac is like, oh, this is the new you. And I'm like, yes, this is 50. And so I have gotten a facial. I'm all about this eye cream, that eye cream. I'm studying about it, like what is the best for my skin? And I'm realizing, wow, I could have prevented a lot of this had I started this a long time ago. I didn't know that. We didn't know. We used to put um, vegetable oil on our skin and lay out on the trampoline for maximum sun rays. And that's right, me with my freckles. I'm not sure what I was thinking. I wish someone would have told me. Wear sunscreen. So I'm here telling you people, wear sunscreen. A fake tan is where it's at. And uh, that's also something new. I'm trying at age 50. Uh, But I wish someone would have told me to take care of the little things years ago. And we're gonna learn all sorts of things today. I wish someone would have told me. And we're so grateful that these moms are choosing to be courageous, to share their stories, to encourage you, to empower you, to equip you. Perhaps there's something that you hear today that you say, ah, I'm so glad I know that now because they're going to share what they wish they'd known earlier. They wish someone would have told them. We're going to hear from Trina Keithley um, and we're going to hear from Nancy Vorpahl and we're going to hear from Cody Melvin. And so we are so, so excited. I would love to pray for them and for our hearts as we listen. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for this day. I thank you, God, for um, their willing hearts, these Titus 2 women who are going to share with us today. I thank you for their hearts to help others, to share their stories, to encourage others. I thank you, God, for the assurance we have from Scripture that you use everything together for good for those who believe and trust you. We ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you settle our hearts and minds, that you open our eyes and our ears to see and hear what you want us to see and hear today so that we can be the moms we're created to be, to raise up these kids to be who you created them to be. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. Amen. Okay, Trina, we're gonna start with you, come on. Let's welcome Trina to the stage.
1: Good morning, my name is Trina Keithley, and Um, This is my family. I'm married to my husband, Ryan, who I've been married to for 22 years. He's my high school sweetheart, so we've been together a really long time. Um, Then I have my 15-year-old son. His name is, well, it depends on who you talk to, because I call him Ryan David, but his friends call him RD, and his teachers call him Ryan, so it just depends on who you're talking to, but he's Ryan David and he's a freshman at Westlake. And then I have my daughter, she is 12, and she is a sixth grader at Hill Country. She is the spitfire of our family. She kind of keeps it all together and happy and fun. And then, of course, our dog, George, or Shooter, I'm sorry, Shooter, he's four. I'm gonna start out today by telling a little story, which is kind of ironic, So I'm gonna tell a story about Ryan David's four-year-old birthday party. And today is his actual birthday, and he's 15, which is really weird um, that I made it to he's 15. So um, when he was four, we decided to have his birthday party, preschool birthday party at the Children's Museum, which this was back when, I'm going to date myself a little bit, the Children's Museum was on 2nd Street, and it was a little cute little... Quaint um, Children's Museum, so we decided to have the party there, and we invited his whole preschool class, all his kids from his preschool preschool class. We invited our family from Houston and all our cousins, and as um, the day approached, of course, it's Saturday afternoon, so everybody comes to the birthday party at Children's Museum because you got to have an activity to do with your preschooler, right, on a Saturday afternoon, and all our family came from Houston, the cousins and aunts and uncles, so the birthday party's going great. It's time to do the birthday cake. So we go to the party room and they have those you know, those long tables. All the kids sit around the table. And all the parents are standing. And I will say too that a lot of siblings came because it's the Children's Museum and it's Saturday afternoon. So we had siblings and parents and all these people. And we're all, and there's a little birthday chair. And Ryan David had to sit in the birthday chair. And so I get the cake, and I put the cake right in front of him. And Just about to put the cake in front of him, light the candles, he gets up and runs to the bathroom. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, that's really weird. So I go in the bathroom. He is bawling.
0: Mom, I
1: don't like all these people staring at me. And I'm like, oh, my word. I go into mom fail. Like, what did I just do? He did not want all this. He did not want a birthday party. He doesn't want all these people staring at him. I am trying to please everyone else but myself and and myself, but not him. So I think at that point, um, I really felt mom fail, mom guilt. In Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. And I didn't realize at that point when I felt like this was a complete mom fail, that God was going to turn this into something good. At that point, we made a vision for our family that we were gonna put family first. We decided to make a cognizant effort to, on our weekends, to teach our children that family time is important. That we don't have to participate in every single birthday party that we're invited to. And we don't have to participate in every sleepover. Um, there'll be one or two birthday parties a weekend and there'll be a sleepover. And so, um, and then we also made a point to travel just the four of us. A lot of times we did go with other families, but we tried to make uh, a point to make a trip once a year with just the four as a family. Now I did show in the picture that I have a little spitfire sixth grader, um, and she is the complete opposite of Ryan David. Um, she would have two birthday parties for every birthday. Um, we did that this year. But she, um, she's just completely different. And if she was invited to two birthday parties, she wanted to go to every party. And she wanted to spend the night at someone's house on Friday, and she wanted someone to spend the night at our house on Saturday. And so we really had to differentiate between the two personalities of the two kids and try to stick to our vision as a family to be family first and stick together. There was a lot of no's, and there was a lot of, you know, you can go to their house till 9 o'clock, and then I'm going to pick you up, and you're going to come spend the night at home. So there was a lot of things that we had to do different for her because she was completely different from him, and she was really social and outgoing and wants to do a lot of those things. Now that they're 15 and 12, I feel like we have... Ingrain this in them, and they they know it. Um, they don't ask a lot when we are going on. We're going on a trip. Great. They don't ask for you know whose family are we going with or who we know that we do a lot of stuff together as a family of four. Um, it has created some great bond between our kids, our two kids. Um, they they enjoy each other. I feel like they don't fight as much when it's just the four of us if it's just on the weekend and we're sitting around the house. They enjoy being around each other and they've created a bond between the two of them. I also feel like the busyness of the week um, on the weekends, it's good to just be less stressful for them. It's a way for them to decompress, just to be at home and just be with us four. And then also, um, we've created some really great memories together. I know Julie talks a lot about her family laughing and cutting up with each other, and, and we are very similar. We make fun of each other a lot, and we all have different quirkiness of us, and we can make, make fun of each other and joke with each other. <clears throat> so, back to the four year old birthday party. I think at that point, I probably could have just had a birthday party at home with the cousins and the family with cake and ice cream. Here's a picture of him when he did actually come back to the table and we did actually sing happy birthday and um, blow out the candles. But something that I wish someone would have told me is I wish someone would have told me family first. There will always be a birthday party. There will always be a a sleepover. Be intentional about your time together as a family. Simplify the busyness of the weekend and spend time with your family. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Trina. We'll hear from Ms. Nancy. That was awesome. That was awesome. Ms. Nancy is actually the leader of the Titus II team. We are so glad she's gonna share with us today.
2: Wow, Trina, she didn't even use her notes. I celebrate her capacity for that. <laughs> I'm not quite that confident. Well, good morning. I am Nancy Vorpal and I represent, obviously, the more experienced moms, which really is a euphemism for the older moms. (laughs) When Julie told me what our topic would be today, I could think of many things I could have shared that I wish they would have told me when I was a young mom. I've been involved in the moms' ministry at Lake Hills Church for 13 years, the last five under Julie's leadership, and every time I hear her lecture, I long for a rewind or a do-over in my mom life and history, but I do have a different and unique perspective to get today because not only am I a mom, but I now have the opportunity to observe and encourage my daughter, who is a busy mom of four. This is a family picture we took recently of my husband, George, my daughter, Julia, my grandson, Montgomery, and my triplet grandchildren, Michael, Max, and Madeline. Now, this is not all of our family. My son-in-law, Jim, took the picture, and my son, my oldest, was not with us that day. By the way, we are not related to the lady bear in the middle, <laughs> but we are huge fans of Baylor University women's basketball, number one. Okay, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I digress. Um, I decided to talk today about some things that I regret and some things I find myself always telling my daughter. Enjoy this stage. It doesn't last forever. The days are long, but the years fly by. I wanted to share a picture from my early life as a mom. My two children are 19 months apart, and when they were toddlers, We moved from Dallas, where I grew up, to a smaller town in East Texas. It was a wonderful place to raise a family and to make lifelong friends, but many good organizations depended on volunteer workers. I'm a people person. I wanted to know people. I wanted to be known, so I said yes to everything I was asked to do. I was a museum docent. I taught drug education in the middle school. I did eye testing in the elementary schools. We made trips to amusement parks, swimming pools, etc. All good things, but looking back, I don't really remember a lot of playtime with my kids. I arranged for play dates, and my daughter had piano and dance lessons. My son played sports. But... I, uh, seems like we were always busy with activities, but when my children were little, I wish I had said no to some good things more often and just stayed home to play. You can get so busy with good things that even when you're with your children, you're tired or stressed out and you don't enjoy that time. So I'm gonna say, practice saying no to good things so that you can say yes to the best things. I am very aware of this now, the play aspect, because the minute I walk into my daughter's home, my grandchildren holler, Nan-Nan, come upstairs and play with us. Now you would be shocked to see how good I am at fighting with a lightsaber. (laughs) My four are huge Star Wars fans. Um, Playing hide and seek, I can get myself into some really tight places. (laughs) Participating in dance parties, and I'm crawling on the floor like a dinosaur or a fireman leaving a burning building. (laughs) So other than play more, another thing I wish they'd told me was to enjoy each stage of your mom life. One thing about having children that are 19 months apart that I didn't even realize is you become an empty nester from start to finish in a year and a half. Ecclesiastes 3.11, Reading from the message says, there's an opportune time to do things, a right time for everything on the earth. A big lesson for me was to try to not always live in the when and miss the blessings of the now. Here are a few examples from my mom life. I had a child that was not a good sleeper. Seems like I was always saying when my baby sleeps through the night. Well, now, I wish I had cherished more of those quiet times just cuddling in the nursery. I found myself saying, when my children start kindergarten, well, now I wish I had been more intentional about the years that I was home that I was their teacher. I saw a poem recently on social media that I think expresses this beautifully that I wanted to read a few of the lines. I won't always cry mommy when you leave the room and my supermarket tantrums will end too soon. You won't always have to carry me asleep from the car or piggyback me down the road when my little feet can't walk that far. So cherish every cuddle and remember them all because mommy, I won't always be this small. I got through with that without crying, yay. (laughs) Sorry, another big win for me was, um, I seemed like I was often saying, when my teenagers get their driver's license, oh. (laughs) I wish I had appreciated the times that we were in the car and could talk uninterrupted while I was driving, or the times I got to listen when my teens and their friends were driving with me in the car. You can miss the joy of the now when you are so focused on that dream of the when. Now, I know that each stage of our children's lives has joys and challenges of their own. Matthew 6, 34 says, so do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is a picture of my daughter's mom life from five years ago. It looks very different from the picture I showed you earlier of her children today. Obviously, some years and stages are harder than others. I do have to brag on her and say I was so proud of how my daughter handled the potty training stage. She attempted it, but the time just wasn't right for them, so she did not beat herself up and stress them out. But when the right time was there, They were all out of diapers by preschool. So moms, give yourself some grace because you certainly God does. Try not to feel competitive with the stages of your friends or your relatives' children. One very important verse in my mom life that Julie often talks about and is so true is Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest— if we do not give up. I had a couple of times in my mom life when I felt like giving up. But with God's help, I didn't. And now I'm reaping a harvest of blessings with my children and grandchildren. I brought something, hope you don't mind me sharing. My grandchildren and my daughter gave me this jar for Mother's Day with reasons I love. My, we love Nan Nan inside. I just wanted to read a few. Did I have paper clipped together? Here they are. Okay. We love Nan-Nan because she plays board games with me, because she makes time to read stories, because she's not afraid to be silly, and because she always is willing to cuddle. In closing, I just want to say that one of the blessings of getting older is getting the chance to be a grandmother And now I have the chance for a do-over. I have more time to play with my grandchildren than I know you do as busy moms with your children. I get that. But I do want to challenge you to try to the best of your ability to enjoy each stage of your mom life, to enjoy each age of your children, and to be intentional about filling up your mom jar that one day will say, Reasons We Love Mom, because I wish they would have told me the days are short, but the years fly by.
0: Thank you so much, Nancy. Thank you. All right, Miss Cody, she's gonna share now.
3: (laughs) Thank you. Ooh, I'm very emotional now after that. Ooh, I'm gonna try to stop the shaking too. Um, my name is Cody Melvin, and I just can't start, I have to start off by saying that I can't say enough good things about Fearless Mom and the Titus Two team and my fearless group because they make my Wednesday every week. And I just, ooh, I they're incredible. Um, I'm 36 years old and I uh, have a husband. His name is Jeff, and he completes me. We are an awesome team. And uh, we have three amazing, beautiful, smart, wonderful, wild, crazy children and a dog. And sometimes we forget our children's names, so we actually call them by their numbers, like 123, Melvin's, 123, get in the car, or number one, pick up your stuff. So naturally, our dog's name is four. Um, <laughs> But no, our kids' names are actually Journey, Riley, and Rowan, and their ages are 11, 11, and 10. But no, not twins. We do get that a lot, and that is part of my story that I'm going to get to. Um, And first of all, I do want to say that my story is very different from theirs, and I actually didn't even think I had a story to share until I was asked to share it, and I've just been praying ever since then that maybe it would mean something to you and that maybe God could do something with it. Um, I'm going to go really blow through this first part just because I feel like my story is really long. (laughs) But we had our first two daughters, uh, Riley and Rowan, real close together. They're 16 months apart to the day and actually to the minute apart. Um, And so life was super hectic, chaotic, crazy. I don't even probably need to paint that picture for y'all. You could probably imagine how crazy it was. And when our youngest daughter, Rowan, was six weeks old, um, my husband, Jeff, he popped his head in, and he said, hey, babe, do you want to adopt the next one? And I said, yeah, I love that plan. Let's do it. And I kind of thought maybe he meant, like, later, but nope. He went into the room next uh, to us, and he got it on his computer that second, and he started the process, like, right then, with our six-week-old and our 17-month-old. Um, yeah. <laughs> So I've actually always loved adoption. I love the reference. I love the word, and I love um, the idea. It's actually all throughout the Bible. I don't know if you know that, but um, the word adoption, the word orphans, I mean, it is all throughout our Bible. Um, John 14, 18 says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In Ephesians 1, 5, Galatians 4, 5, it says that God decided in advance to adopt us into his family as his children. And I just love that. It touches me and it just it speaks to my heart. But still, I was freaking out. I mean, I have an infant and a toddler, right? Um, so God had this huge plan in a, um, like going, and we just didn't even know it yet. So my, one of my very best friends from college, she had graduated with social work, and she went on to work for an adoption agency. So she was our very first call. And she got us right in. And you know they start by making you do a lot of checklists. And so they ask you, what are your goals? What do you want? What do you want out of this? What can you handle? And so we, you know, we ended up, okay, we can do this, we can do this, this is what we're thinking. And we ended up, we wanted a special needs child, and we wanted a girl. We have two girls, we know girls, we have everything pink, we have the rooms, we even had the names picked out. We were ready. Well, the adoption agency that we were working with, luckily for my sanity's sake, said. You know what, we can't officially file this paperwork until your youngest child at home turns one year of age. Woohoo! good for me. (laughs) Phew, I'm off the hook. So, I have a year and I have told myself I'm gonna cherish that. I'm gonna take every second and I'm gonna just slow down. Well, you know what, the fear set in and the, the voices in my head started saying, I can't do this, what are we thinking? Are we crazy? Are we nuts? I can't do it. I can't even handle my life right now. I have these two really close together kids. What are we doing? I can't do this. So that year, it actually, the fear kind of settled in and it shut us down. And we actually decided we're not going to tell anybody. And we certainly did not tell our families because we knew what they would say. Now, I'm going to pause for a second because this message is called, what I wish somebody would have told me. Well, before motherhood, I kind of wish somebody would have said, you're gonna need a boatload of coffee and you have to go to Fearless Mom every week just (laughs) to stay alive. Yeah, I do wish that. Um, As far as adoption goes, do I wish somebody would have said, adoption, why would you do that? You can have kids. Adoption, that is really expensive. Why would you do that? You can't afford that. Special needs? You can mess up your kids. Special needs? Why would you adopt a kid that I, couldn't, I could potentially not be able to communicate with? Nope, I don't wish somebody would have said that to me. Instead, this message could be called, things I wish somebody didn't say to me. When we finally did tell our families They didn't take the news so well. Instead, they were scared and they lashed out and we got comments that were unimaginable, some that I'm not even sharing. You know what? Our path became a real struggle and it became really hard and we were scared and we cried a lot. And I didn't handle it real well. You know, I wish that I had a cheerful smile on my face and I just kept trudging on and kept going, but I didn't. You know, I didn't even understand why there were obstacles to begin with. You know, if God is in this and God is for us, why are there so many obstacles and why are there any at all? I just thought, I can't do this. You know, when our families didn't jump on board with us, I wish that I could have a redo, a rewind, like Nancy said. I wish that I could have said, jump in on this train that is moving so fast, full steam ahead. You don't want to miss what God is doing. But I didn't. I was crushed and I thought, I can't do this. I can't do this alone. I can't do this without them behind us, without people backing us. You know, there were money obstacles. (laughs) It was really expensive. We've applied for financial aid and grants that didn't come in, I thought, how are we going to do this? I can't do this. We said, do you take credit card? (laughs) They did. (laughs) There were emotional obstacles. Lord, when will this child be ours? The waiting is unbearable. I can't do this. Do you know what can wreck your faith? Disappointment. But do you know what God uses to build your faith? Disappointment. It's what you do with it, and it's how you use it. Because it's in the disappointment that you have to ask him to lead you. You have to lean on him. You have to be guided by him. He brought us over all those mountains. Sometimes the molehills looked like mountains. But he brought us over all of that because he knew that we needed it. Well, good news finally did come, and we got the call in October of 2010 that we had a match. I was actually at the grocery store with a buggy and a half full of groceries, and Jeff made me leave it. Oh, I was mad. (laughs) (laughs) But we got the call that we had a match, and we called them back, and they said, you have a son in Ethiopia. Oh, what, did you call the wrong number? So we called them back and said, well, what are his special needs? And they said, it doesn't appear that he has any. How is he a match? Well, we had to drive down to meet with the agency to get more information on him. And on the way down, we just felt like, wow, this is it. This is what God has for us. When we got to the agency, they said, we're gonna show you his picture, but before we do, You have 24 hours to decide if you want him. Want him? You don't even have to show me his picture. I want him. God did not bring us through all of this for us to turn him away. He is our son. So they slid this picture across the table and we saw instantly in those eyes that all he needed was love. He was our son. We just had to pick a name for him, and we decided that the only appropriate name that would remind us daily of what God had done to bring us together would be Journey. In February 2011, we got to go meet our son, uh, but we only got to spend 10 days with him, and we did not get to bring him home then, but two months later— We got to go back and we got to go get him. He was about to turn four years old and um, he became our oldest child, but he was our last. And you know, it is just so unbelievably like God to do more than we ask or imagine. To bring a child from across the world that is more than a match to complete our family. He is more than a Melvin, than a Melvin sometimes. He's more like us than us. And you know what? He makes our family whole. And I do want you to know that once the fear dissipated and this became a reality, our families did welcome him in with open arms. And everyone who meets him loves him. You know what? The story ends there. Fairytale ending. (laughs) The end. I wish. (laughs) No. I wish it were that easy. You know what? No one tells you is that when you adopt a child from a foreign country, especially the bush of Africa, they have never seen a playground, they have never been on a playground, and he will slide down that slide, break his shoulder. Within 24 hours, we (laughs) broke our kid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We ended up in the ER with a kid who didn't look like us without any documentation that he was ours and he didn't speak one word of English. That was a bad day. And you know what I thought? I can't do this. I'm not cut out for this. I I'm not made for this. There were months of those first his first time home that it was like Tarzan. When I say zero words of English, zero words of English. Me, mommy, you journey. And I thought, we will never get there. He will never catch up. But then one day he said, hot dog. And I saw (laughs) the light. (laughs) I lost my place. You know, all those times that I heard that I can't do it. I'm not cut out for it. I can't do it. I wasn't wrong. I can't do it, and I still can't do it, but I know the one who can. I need him to guide me. I need him to lead me. And we need each other. It takes a village. Am I right, or am I right, or am I right? (laughs) You know what I wish somebody would have told me? What I really wish somebody would have told me? You can do it. You were made for this. You're doing great and I'm here with you. You know, when people asked us why adoption, we just started saying, why not? For us, this is a path that was personal, and God led us towards this, and we will always support adoption, but we know it is not for everyone. You might just wake up and say, I can't even handle what's on my plate right now, and I'm so overwhelmed I can't even see straight. (laughs) I get that. (laughs) I've, I've been in your shoes, and I'm still in your shoes sometimes. I think We all are. And I think that's what's great about being a mom. I think that's what's great about being a fearless mom is that we're all in this together and we can say, I get you, I got you, how can I help? You're doing great. But there is that flip side of the coin and maybe there's something stirring in you right now, something that you think no one will understand. Well, I want to be the one to tell you you can do this. You got this. You are made for this. Maybe it's adoption. Maybe it's foster care. Maybe it's having another child. Maybe it's a new career. I just started that one this recently too. You know what, maybe it's a conversation that you're scared to death about. Maybe it's a move. I don't know what it is for you, but I want to tell you, you are made for this. You can do it. You're doing great. Open the door, see where it leads. Put your yes on the table. You know, God can make a path for you or he can shut it down. We will be your village. Let's do it together.
0: Thank you so much. That was amazing. What courage it takes to stand up and share your story. What courage it takes to choose to allow God to use your story to encourage someone else. And so thank you guys so much, we appreciate it. Let's put our hands together one more time. There was a common thread through each of them, through each of these moms, they are saying, you know, I wish someone would have told me. And there's something that we talk about in Fearless Mom, and it's it's pretty apparent in everyone's life, mom guilt. We look back on things that we've done and we we say, I, I would have done it, you know, completely differently if I had to do all over again. What I saw as they shared is, um, you know, mom guilt, you can leave it there and you can live there or you can allow someone else to learn from that story, from that experience. You can choose to find, you know, hope in your hurt and purpose in your pain and to say, If I had to do all over again, I would do it different. So I would encourage you. And that's what they chose. Wherever you find yourself today, um, I pray that God is stirring in you saying, we all make mistakes. No one does it perfectly. And we say in Fearless Mom, if you meet a mom who says, I've got this mom thing figured out, don't be friends with her because she's a big liar, you know. Because no one has it all figured out. We would all do it differently if we had it to do over again. But what we did learn from their stories is that there are things that we can implement to be the moms that we were created to be. Whether it's from Trina, where she said, we decided after, you know, after the debacle of the birthday party where Ryan David hid in the bathroom. And she said, we decided that day, you know what, we're gonna do things differently and we're gonna choose to say family first and we're gonna make an intentional decision to say no to some things to say yes to the best. And so they said family first and they stuck to their guns throughout it. And I will tell you, I know Ryan David and Sloan now, high school, middle school, and um, yes, Sloan is the Spitfire, you know, I love that. And um, they're amazing young people, but their parents said, we will choose to be different to make a difference. And they're okay with that. They're okay being brave and saying, "Guys, we th- our life may look different from other families, and that's okay because this is who God called us to be." You heard Trina say. We said, "What is the vision for our family? What does God want for us?" And so when I hear her story, I hear her say, "This is what we chose, and we went all in on this with our kids." And I will tell you, she's reaped the benefits. I can see them from the outside looking in. She's reaped the benefits of saying family first, and this will look different from your friends and that's okay because this is what our family does and the kids are bought in now they're not kids they're young adults ryan david's 15 today they're they're bought in because they trust their parents because of that time together the time that they spent together, even when Ryan, David, and Sloan don't agree, they go, you know what? We're all in. We trust you because of the time spent. I love that part of your story. I also love how Nancy shared, you know, that grandparenthood is a do-over. You actually do get to go back and do it again and do it, you know, in a fun way without all the responsibility, you know, of bedtime and all that is actually ideal. But she said, I, I, she could look back and she could live in her guilt And she could blame herself for it, or she can use that story to help someone else. And what a blessing that she gets to use that story to help her own daughter and her grandchildren and her grandchildren. What do they remember? They remember and they celebrate the time spent. Moms, you can use your day-to-day however you want. You choose what is important to you. You get to choose how you spend your day. You get to choose how you spend your time. And sometimes it simply means a shift in perspective. Sometimes all it means is saying, let me see what Nancy said. Let me trust her because she's a little farther down the road, and let me say, you know what? The laundry will take care of itself one day. Yes, the pile grows, but that's okay that's okay. You add another load to your list tomorrow, but take the time. I trust her and I'm going to lean in and take the time. Even when I feel like I'm wasting time. I remember saying to a friend, um, I stayed at home with my kids when they were little, but I have no idea what I did all day. She said, that's okay. That's okay. And there were times when I had to work, and I would think, oh, I feel guilty that I'm working. That's okay. That's okay. You use the time you have, and you're intentional with the time you have. And work in that play. That's when you're building that trust. It's amazing, and we love hearing that from you. And then, good grief, Cody's story. I mean, what can I say? Her message, you can do it her message you know there are all of us we face in our motherhood whether it is a newborn whether you're a to- you have a toddler and you go i don't know what i'm doing you have a preschooler with a little bit of sass you have an elementary kid who's struggling in school you have a teenager a preteen who is struggling now you're struggling with that relationship and you're thinking i don't i can't do it all over again what do i do now maybe it's a young adult child and you're thinking ah oh, i made all these mistakes that's not what it's about god help me today What can I do today? Guilt is the enemy of forward progress. Mom guilt is real. Guilt is the enemy of forward progress. God is calling you to go to what is for you today and tomorrow. You can focus on yesterday or you can move toward tomorrow. And what we saw from Cody is she said, she kept hearing that, I can't do it, I can't do it. But then she was like, that's a feeling. Let me focus on the fact. And the fact is, God says, I will fill in the gaps, not if, but when you fall short. And he promised something to them, and he came through big time. And I don't know if you guys locally have gotten to meet Journey, but before we met Journey, um, Cody and Jeffrey, I guess it was Jeff who would say, he would always say, oh, buddy, Anytime he talked about Journey. And he said, when you meet him, you're gonna know what I mean when I say, oh, buddy. And that's how you feel. That's how everybody feels when they meet Journey. Oh, sweet buddy. He is the sweetest child. He is precious. He adds to our church family, not just to their family. And we are so grateful that they were faithful when they were in that doubt. And that is their calling. And we are so excited for them that they listen to that and that we get to reap the benefits from watching that. Wherever you find yourself today, God is saying, I have a vision for your life. Lean into me. It may look different from what you thought. It may look different from your neighbor's vision or your sister's vision or your what your mom's vision was for your family, but I have a vision just for you. Lean in and stick to the vision I give to you and I will bless you. Lean in celebrate the days that you have now. It's a strange balance to say, I want to live in today, but I have to have a vision for tomorrow. That's the parenting pendulum. And we say, you need to enjoy today, yes, while working toward tomorrow. It's a delicate balance, but we work on both. And as Nancy said, the days, the hours seem so long, but the years fly by. Wherever you find yourself today, know that God has called you to this. God has given you the children in your home on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. And you are exactly the mom that your child needs, whether you feel like it or not. Overwhelmed? Yes. Yes. Feeling like, I don't have enough? You don't. You don't. You find friends, you find the community, and you lean into the Almighty who knew exactly what He was doing when He placed those children in your home. He's got your back, and He wants to use your story to help other people. Ask God, God, how can you use me to encourage someone today? Let me be courageous to share my story with the assurance that you will use it to help others. We're going to go into a minute or two of reflection now. And so if you're listening online, I'm going to ask you to, you know, when you get to the music part for our music, you can lean in and listen and then just take a couple of minutes. Julia says every week, you know, and she's she's done the research that, Joya. that when you take a moment to say, God, what do you have for me? Before you start talking to your friends about it, before you start about the next moments of your day, stop and say, God, what can I learn from this? What part of my story do you want to use? What part of their stories did I need to hear today to put into practice? So we're gonna take a minute, and I want you to think through, and if you have pen and paper, I want you to write it down. You're more likely to put it into action if you write it down. And so we're going to take a minute and we're going to say, teach me, God, what I need to do to be the mom that you've called me to be. Teach me through their stories. Teach me when and how to use my story. Show me, God, if I'm living in guilt or if I'm letting guilt hold me down or if I need to depend on you to use that for good. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for your word, your assurance, your promise that nothing is wasted. No sadness, no loss, no failure, no mistake is wasted. You use all things. You want us to lean into you. You will fill in the gaps when we fall short. Thank you, God, for that promise. Thank you, God, for this moment that we have to be quiet and listen to what you want us to learn.
3: In Jesus' name, amen.